stuff. Jim Mercer, you, you must have wrapped up that other interview. Thank you for joining us. So um, I guess these guys are asking me if you want to do a trade with me when it comes to guitars because I collect them too. Oh, that sounds good. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been known to make some trades in my life, but it usually was for you know Dickerson and and three ones and three twos and uh, Cornelius Bennett back on Halloween in '87 or some other trades I can recall. But uh, um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a thrill just having the the collection, Lisa. It's cool that that you collect them and and. Uh, you know, we couldn't be more excited to be um, getting out to Navy Pier tomorrow night. I'm just about to head over there for some rehearsals and that sort of thing. Uh, and we got a special special performance for everyone tomorrow night when they come and see really the collection out there. You can't really put words into it until you see it in person. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm I love the guitars. I love all the rock and roll memorabilia. But I'm intrigued by the five thousand dollar bill. Is that a real thing? Well, that's a real thing, and we have a $10,000 bill. So I don't know why they put the $5,000 bill out, you know, but that's cool, too. But the $10,000 bill is the one. Those are even more rare, and that's a real thing. That's the largest uh, currency ever issued in America is the $10,000 bill. have about three copies of those. They're very, very hard to come by. You know, you have to pay, like, you know, $800,000 for a $10,000 bill. It doesn't make any sense, but, you know, I mean, what could I say? You know, it's like this isn't a, a game of logic. But this is a, a collection of love. So, so yeah, you know, the collection so eclectic. Lisa, you mentioned that, and that's the reason, we, you know, when I put this together for the last 25 years, it's really eclectic. And, you know, for instance, we have the original manuscript of the big book, um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, The Twelve Steps, you know, written in 39 and published by Rockefeller by Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob who found it in, you know, June 10th, 1935. And, um, you know, that's saved, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of lives. Uh, and it was known as the most important development of the 20th century beyond polio vaccine or landing on the moon by philosophers and historians. So it, it's so eclectic. You know, I have the, you know, uh, 220-year-old uh Declaration of Independence. Um, this guy William Stone made only a few extras, and there's only a few available. And I, I was with President Obama and Martha's Vineyard about about six months ago, and uh, you know I wanted him to sign it. He's like, Jim, I'm not signing that. That could be uh, misunderstood. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Mr. President, please. I didn't want you. The president says no. Okay, sir. <laughs> but he said he'll give you a side letter. But but those are the type of things, you know, like, for instance, one of Lennon's guitar we were playing in London in 2016 against the Jaguars and John Lennon's first cousin, Aunt Mimi's son, and Aunt Mimi raised John because his mom got hit by a bus when John Lennon was nine and was killed. So Aunt Mimi's first, uh, her son had his guitar, um, you know, major guitar that John gave out a lot of the Beatles songs. So he came out with his wife and his castle and in London, because uh, we were playing over there, and it was so cool just to to be able to get that guitar that way through a personal sale through um, John Lennon's first cousin. So a lot of it's gone down that way, um, you know. Uh, you know, we have the. What is the one thing you will never give up, regardless of what somebody offered you for it? There is one item that is so close to your heart, Jim, that you would never give up. 
Well, you know, I mean, Lisa, it's like if some sheet came in and said, oh, man, I'll give you a billion dollars for your collection. It's like, you know, no, thank you. It's like, you know, because over the last 25 years putting this together so meticulously, you know, it's like a whole fabric. Like I have a piece of this Van Gogh painting that some son of a bitch cut up in pieces because he thought he could make more money that way. So I like this postage stamp of a Van Gogh. You know, it's worth something, but it's kind of ridiculous. But, like, I, you know, I, I couldn't see breaking apart the collection and this tour started by wanting to find museums with a public-private partnership in Nashville and Austin. But then I realized, mm, this is a traveling show, and even Broadway wants to do it. So, um, you know, it, it's really evolved in things. But, you know, the manuscript uh, to the big book is probably – Huge. On the musical side, Bob Dylan's 65 Strat that he plugged in at the Newport Folk Festival. Oh, while yeah. Pete Seeger tried to cut the cables with an axe backstage, and he was called a Judas, and, you know, um, and, and he broke into, like, a Rolling Stone angrily. Um, and that changed music forever. Then came the Birds, then came the Beatles, Revolver, and Rubber Soul, and, and everything changed when Bob plugged in back then. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, are you more uh, passionate about this collection or football? You know, um, you know, really like, like football's my job, you know, I, I mean, it's my 51st year in there and there's like, you know, like you grow up in the circus, there's sawdust in your blood when you grow up in the NFL, like, you know, George Halas was at my wedding 42 wow. years ago tomorrow night at Saints Faith Open Charity in Winnetka, you know, so it'd be like Biden saying, well, George Washington was at my wedding when I got married. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the founder himself. So, you know, look at football. All you do is have to watch the Buffalo-Kansas City playoff game last year and say, oh, my God, like, did that really happen? I mean, I don't know what to do. I can't go to sleep for two days because my adrenaline's so high, and I'm just a fan, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, nothing beats football. You know, I nothing against my rock and roll friends, and they know it. But, like, and my acting friends, it, it, it's like, you know, hey, you know, Hollywood movies are great. You know, I love the rock show. I love it. I love, love, love it. But you're not topping NFL football now because the theater that we, that we put out there, nothing touches it, you know, yeah. and fans know it. You know, that three-hour theater you jump into with us now, I mean, it's beyond the theater of the absurd. I mean, you just can't, you just can't believe the stuff that can happen in three hours. So, so I, I'm a true and true uh, football fan to the end. You know, football is a special game, and certainly the National Football League and and what we try to deliver each year um, and we do uh, is um, is my passion. Ultimate yeah, absolutely. Love. Like with music, this is a, I, can, but, I just got like, to take one second because. Kevin's got to ask a question because he has been waiting. This is our sports guy, Jim. He's like, Jim Ursay is on the phone. I want to talk to well, him. Well, Jim, I've got to ask. Oh, you, wow. you know how passionate Bears fans are. But as a league owner, there's been a ton of talk here in Chicago about the Bears moving to Arlington Heights sometime in the near future. As a league owner, what is your thoughts on them not playing at Soldier Field anymore, potentially, and moving to the suburbs? Well, Kevin, it's a it's a it's a good question. I'll try not to answer it in too lengthy of a way, but it's a complicated question because you know, first of all, the Bears are dear to my heart. It was ironic we played them in the Super Bowl 
that friends played Purple Rain and that we won in the rain in Miami. And, and you know, but I was at, you know, Sears at six touchdowns and so this field in 65 before we owned the team with my dad. And, uh, and like I said, heavy connection there. You know, Virginia McCaskey's like been an aunt to me and been a friend forever. And hopefully she'll be celebrating her 100th birthday soon. And, and it's complicated because it's hard building stadiums. And, and you know, uh, you can say, you know, Arlington Heights, Soldier Steel, what, what do you do? You know, um, you know, Stan Crockey just said, you know, well, I'm going to L.A. and I'm building where you should. And I, I'm putting $6 billion of my own money down. And he did. But he could. You know, we have owners that can't. You know, uh, you know uh, David Tepper in Carolina, he's worth, you know, $40, 50000000000 billion. You know, we just sold the Denver Broncos to, to Rob Walton, Sam's Walton's son, um, you know, and, and I don't have to speak about the Waltons, but, you know, he's going to operate the Denver Broncos. He's the one who has the vote. Uh, and you have to pick one person. So it's hard as, you know, my granddaughter's in camp now, training camp as we speak. And that's fourth generation for my family. And I'm very proud of that. Um, George McCaskey's, you know, third generation. And George is an outstanding man with great integrity and a great operator, trust me. And, uh, um, you know, in figuring this out, ideally you want to build an incredible new stadium in the city of Chicago. But that doesn't always work out. You know, you know, Kraft in, in, in Boston said, no, I'm, I'm going to the suburbs. I'm going to Foxborough. Too expensive in Boston. You know, same thing with Jack and Cook with the Redskins. Going to Virginia, can't build it where RFK was. No, you know, so everyone makes their decisions that way. In an ideal world, you know, you want the Bears playing in the most incredible stadium, you know, that you can think of, uh, preferably a retractable dome. Uh, you know, in the city of Chicago. But the odds of that happening, you know, like to build Lucas Oil Stadium that I built, you know, it took me 15 years to negotiate that. And it's a public-private partnership. You know, in 2008, we moved in. I built it for, you know, $750 million. Now it would be worth $3.5 billion to try to duplicate it. Um, so stadiums are expensive to build. Um, steel's expensive. Interest rates are getting... Are you um, telling me, Jim, do you think there's a chance the Bears will actually stay at Soldier Field? Is that is that what I'm picking up from this? You know, I you know, when you operate your own club like I do, you don't follow, you know, like I haven't talked to George about it and he hasn't, you know, taken me into counsel or anything on, on what they're doing. So I really, you know, um like you guys I, I really haven't talked to the McCaskies and George about this. I, I just, you know, I would just say that, um, you know, that um, your best bet is to hope for just a good stadium and a great quarterback. <laughs> because fans yes. want Lombardi trophies, and you get them with great quarterbacks. So, Amen. like, this year, Matt Ryan, we're like, Matt Ryan's here. Everyone can chill out. Thank God, since Andrew shocked us, you know, whatever it was, <laughs> three and a half years ago and stunned the yeah. world at age 25. It's like, oh, by the way, you know, we have plans for four Lombardis in the next 10 years. No, I'm All retiring. Right. So. Hang on to that thought. Hang on to that thought. I've got one more question. We'll take that off the air, but we've got to get to the news, and that is coming up with Steve Bertrand on 720 WGN.